0: Sasha hey Courtney have you noticed that now that it's gotten warm there's all these like sexy goblins walking around you know now that you mention it yeah what gives apparently it's hot ghoul summer hey (coughs) it's spoop hour
1: Paranormal comedy podcast hosted by two Halloweenies. This hot ghoul is Sasha. This hot ghoul is Courtney,
0: and, you know, Sasha's looking like a snack in, like, a Twitch streamer <laughs> studio. I'm expecting her to be like, today's episode sponsor is Honey.
1: Like yeah. you're I don't welcome. know how to fix the lighting in here either. <laughs> that was the so other cool. secret. <laughs> like, when you're yeah. like, oh, it looks cool. I was like, yeah, it I does turned look her. Cool. I'm sitting in a different part of Jack's office, and I don't know how to fix the lights. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't need to fix them. You look amazing. So Thank we're you. just a couple of hot ghouls, hot ghouls. here with the space. Spoopy news you need to function but
1: you know you may be a hot ghoul but your ac is fixed
0: that is true thank (laughs) god after i bitched about it
1: only appearance and not in temperature
0: thank god yeah they fixed the ac the day after i complained about it where i was like they say they're coming tomorrow but they've already blown us off twice so they're probably not gonna come they did come and they felt really bad but they did fix it apparently a compressor had broken And I don't know what that means, but it means that your AC doesn't work. So they fixed it, and now we have AC. And it's glorious. I will never take it for granted again. Yeah. Love it.
1: I'm actually wearing a sweater because it's a bit too cool in here. Ooh. Oh. What a luxury. (laughs) What a luxury. (laughs) It's hot AF. Here's the thing. I grew up in a household where, like, my parents didn't turn the AC up. Mm -hmm. And so I'm actually very used to and comfortable in just wearing, like, a tank top and shorts. Yeah. But... Our house has, like, this weird electric-based cooling So I don't don't quite understand it, but our cooling system here is, like, very different from, like, a typical house. Mm -hmm. So it gets really cold really easily with, like, very little power. And so Jack's like, might as well use it. And I'm like, (sighs) but I'm cold. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I am. Like, we pay a
0: flat rate for utilities. Yeah. And, like, you know... Our landlords are fine, but they're still landlords, so I'm like, it's in our best interest to use as much goddamn electricity as we possibly can. (laughs) So, (laughs) let's just go ahead and crank that bad boy down. (laughs) Yeah. So, So, you know, where can you find Spoop Hour?
1: Other than sticking it to landlords everywhere. (laughs) Because all landlords are bad. Yes, (laughs) sorry. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spoop Hour, and you can also email us at SpoopHour at gmail.com. Yes, And we had somebody
0: recently email us, and I've only read the subject line, and I've gotten very excited.
1: So, I shall read it for us. So, this is from Spoop listener and friend Nora. Hello.
0: Listener extraordinaire, maker of my beloved plush cryptids that are behind me somewhere.
1: And so, Nora's, the subject line that Courtney says that she read... has not read beyond it is dionysus was a queer feminist icon and warrior against the patriarchy so last episode we did talk about dionysus dionysus dionysus
0: dionysus I do not i don't i
1: don't know i've heard it both ways yeah what your heart tells you i'm gonna say dionysus because i'm
0: Pretty You know, as a you know, as a warrior against the patriarchy and like a feminist queer icon, he's probably like, say my name however you please,
1: go off. But see, but as as a teacher in the twenty-first century, I'm like, no, but how do you want me to say your name? What you know yeah. not not what is gonna be the easiest for me to say. <laughs> you take ownership of your name. What do you want me to call you?
0: He's also not here for us to he's ask. He's also him. not
1: here for us to ask because And he potentially was, uh... not real. So Yeah, because he's he's uh, a. <laughs>
0: If he were real, he's probably super dead to spill now. So. Yeah,
1: so, sorry, buddy D. Pour one out for D-money. D-money. So, this is Nora saying, so, let me give you some more fun deets. Dionysus is one of my favorite subjects in the world. Pardon the simping in this email. You know what? Simp all you want.
0: Yeah, if you're going to simp for somebody, you could simp for somebody a lot worse than Dionysus. Di-
1: D money, D money. So <laughs> keep in mind that there's also multiple multiple versions of all myths, and nothing is the one true original version because of regional sure. variations. But these are all pretty good ones here. As cool. she's saying, these are all real. So Dionysus had a human mother who was mocked for saying she had slept with D- Zeus and was having his child. Yes, that Z- I knew. Zeus so covered that right. Zeus was a rapey asshole, but there's true. some sources to support that he and Semele... Might have been consensual, which is a shocker. Wow! <laughs> so she insists over and over that he show her his true form because now she's unsure and doesn't want to doubt him. Zeus can't say no to her, so he does, he and that's when alive. she sponta- spontaneously combusts. But yeah. he rescues the baby, sews him into a thigh. I'm sorry. R-
0: I know which, you don't have details about this. You say rescue the baby. Was she pregnant when he burned her alive so she just like burned away and then there was a baby?
1: Yeah, evidently. Oh, oh but Jesus. Sewed him into a thigh which Greek ancient Greek men thought was about as good as a uterus, which Nora says and I agree, the disrespect. <laughs> <laughs> They're not even remotely your thigh similar, but is okay. Approximately your uterus. Dionysus is born, and Hera, being Hera, is Classic. pissed and wants to kill him. Sure. So he's hidden away, raised by nymphs, and possibly as a girl. Ooh. Yeah. Eventually, he goes back to his mother's hometown, where she was b- disbelieved and disrespected, and finds that they still don't believe shit. Because the whole... Ba- and that's the when the whole Bakai bak- Baka? Baka? Yes, that uh, play, play yeah, yeah, that we talked about, where right.
0: he bewitches all the women, and then they go out into the woods to worship yep. him, and then he convinces the king of Thebes to come and see what's up, and then they kill the king of Thebes, because he's like, hey women, it's a lion, and they're like, rah, kill the lion,
1: and yeah. yeah. So that's when that whole thing happens, beans, cool. <laughs> Dionysus, Metal AF. Yeah. So then he goes to the underworld to rescue his mother and bring her to Olympus, which he decides is where she belongs. Because most of the Zeus and mortal kids, Zeus is like mortal partner babies, or he yes. made made them have babies. Yes. They're mostly demigods. But Dionysus is actually a full-fledged fucking god. And he Yay. will not stand for his mother to be dishonored in death as she was in life. So he, because he fucking adores her. Good. Good. So, we remember the douche hero Theseus, who slew, <laughs> slew Minotaur. Yes. And he had that print help from Princess Ariadne, yes. who went with him Golden afterwards thread. because she couldn't stay in, her, stay in her father's house. Yes. Was, you know, you know, in love with him. He got bored with her, dumped her on an island, left her for dead. Cool. Dionysus happens across her and falls head over heels in love. There are depictions of Dionysus wearing feminine clothing, sitting in Ariadne's lap, and he treated her like a goddess despite her being a mortal woman. That's nice. So at this point, Dionysus is a gender-fluid, effeminate, and feminist god whose worshippers are women from every social class who feel empowered to l- literally do anything they want instead of obeying men.
0: I'm he's so al- excited. <laughs>
1: he's also worshipped by immigrants because he's said to have been an immigrant from Asia. He traveled a lo- around a lot at- after being the whole raised-by-nymphs thing, which is how he discovered wine and brought it back to Greece. Nice! keep in mind that in greek and roman society the only people with any power are greek and roman men who are citizens Mm -hmm. it's an incredibly narrow version of democracy immigrants or barbarians which were the people who were considered to like not speak greek or they're like non-greeks yeah (laughs) non-greeks they're all of lesser class of humans according to you know society and then also women and servants they're not citizens they are an oppressed group Sure. And then there's also this huge population of slaves, and when it's Dionysus's festival days, everything's turned upside down, social structures are upended, and slaves can rest and feast and enjoy themselves, same as anyone. Amazing! So, basically, he was also, you know, all for liberation. Yeah, and, he was like, know, fuck uh, capitalism, throw yeah. off
0: the shackles of your oppressors, let's Right, go. like,
1: upholding <laughs> the people who are downtrodden in society. What champ! so only women could be priestesses of Bacchus in Rome and the only men allowed in the cult of Bacchus were men who'd been accepted into the cult young, as in like teens or early 20s when they were still open to change and respected the authority of the priestesses. The men in power were locked out. Bacchus was seen as so dangerous by the Roman Empire because he brought together everyone the Roman Senate oppressed and weren't, you know, didn't basically because of that they weren't invited. And so they were like, Alright well Worshipping Bacchus Then is flat out Banned Classic But when it did Start up again In a state Sanctioned way It was only For the men This didn't Stop the worship But it drove it Underground So then there's Like less information After that Amazing Uh, A key figure in the story of the Third Servile War, or Spartacus' Slave Rebellion, was that Hel had a woman with him, possibly a wife or a lover, whose name is Lost. She is only referred to as the Thracian Woman, and she was a priestess of Dionysus and was instrumental to Spartacus' public image and was the reason he managed to get himself any followers to begin with. She convinced sacred people that he had a shot at success and was basically like a prophetic PR manager. Nice. So... Thank you, Nora. Nora says, all this is to say that the fun-loving drunk dude bro was also the take-no-prisoners Avenger and was also Yay. the god of revolution, and most of his r- actual religion is still a total mystery because it was an utmost s- secret even before Rome banned and tried to wipe it all out. After all, the reason men in power were so scared is that they had no idea what happened in these rites, and theirs are the only real accounts left, because the people in power were able to write it and you know yeah. keep those uh, documents like preserved. Yeah. Hope this is interesting and not a huge slog to get through. He's been my favorite since I was like 10. Aww. <laughs> my favorite dinosaur is the Dionysus, simply <laughs> because my 10-year-old self read the word Dion- uh, Dionysus and thought it sounds like Dionysus, and that was <laughs> enough for me. Nora, it. thank you thank so you. much. That, that was, was awesome. Really
0: much love to you. I'm glad I was correct in calling him a feminist icon. Yeah. Like, I like we had be, that
1: inkling. Yeah, I
0: was like, he seems pretty cool, and it seems like, you know, people pooping the party are just funny-duddy men Yeah, who, like, power. So, yeah. I'm glad that that was correct.
1: Let me tell you, like, now that we've done this, I'm like, I'm gonna go play Hades after we record. Yes, <laughs> I'm gonna do go- it! Go play some more and hope that I only get Dionysus's booms. Bo- <laughs> booms. 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 I want him to boom me with his thighs. <laughs> I mean, you mean <laughs> his you, lo- I sent you. I sent you some illustrations of him you fan did. art after we recorded and va-va-boom. <laughs> Anyway, dude, if you have a
0: cool story or if yeah. you say something about mythology and it happens to be something you've loved since you were 10. Tell us about it. Please tell us, because we have not been doing this research for 20 plus years. Mm-mm. So, you know, if you know something we don't, please tell us. Yeah, we love tell us things, things that we don't know. Yeah, email spoophour at gmail.com. Reach out to us on social. I believe our DMs are perpetually open. Yeah. I'm sorry if it takes me a second to get back to you. Sometimes it goes into that weird folder and I Mm -hmm. forget to check because I'm an old lady. message
1: requests and we're like, why are people asking us to, why why are companies (laughs) asking us to shout out Ball Cleaner on our podcast? We're not going to. Where even if we did have testicles, I kind of feel like. I wouldn't want to shout out a ball cleaner.
0: No, I also podcast. feel like if I if I had testicles, you know, I'm almost 32, I'll be 32 in October, I feel like I would know how to clean my balls.
1: That's, yeah, that was the other part, because there there was a while back where one of Jack's friends shared with us, like, one of these, like, ball saunas or ball hot tubs. And we were okay. like, what? And they were like, yeah, it's like, I think this is stupid, because I know how to wash my balls, but also, yeah. what if we all got one, and we tried it, and then everyone, like, immediately shut down their idea, they were like, I can go upstairs into my shower, cup yeah. my hands, fill them with water, and stick them under there. Or, like, fill your bathtub, and <laughs> or then fill just very our bathtub gently and, like, lower sit.
0: yourself in. Yeah. I can't imagine the benefit <laughs> of only soaking part of your body. Right, like unless it's like my feet, because you know feet yeah. go through a lot. You're, it's not like you're standing around all day on your testicles. No, no. So, go
1: soak your balls. Don't pay extra money. Go soak your balls in your tub. Like, no, got in business.
0: <laughs> all this to say, you can message us. Just sometimes, if <laughs> your like, message request gets filtered, it might take it's us going a second. To go sit
1: in the folder with the. Yep ball tub requests.
0: Yeah, and this is not to say that we hate you like the ball tub requests. We love you a lot more than that. We
1: just don't have, I was, we don't have testicles. No, we love you. Yeah. We love you more than people trying to sponsor us, you know, ask us yeah. to shill trying for them. Trying to use
0: our minimal clout yeah. to do something, mm-hmm. which is embarrassing for them. Anyway, yeah. speaking of minimal clout, which is very scary, did anything spooky happen to you this
1: week? So the spookiest thing that happened to me this week is that you and I got cicada Sundays yesterday. We
0: did. We hung out in person for that the ice first was time. Really
1: good. We hung out in person without a screen door between us for the first time since my wedding. And even at my wedding, we didn't get to hang out. Well because no, because it was your wedding. You had other my stuff wedding. going on. Yeah. But we got to take <laughs> photos together. We did. We took like so. Four really, photos the together. last time that we hung out in person was pre-pandemic. Yeah, so it, was,
0: it had to be like March sixth, twenty
1: twenty. Yeah, so it was like very very much a long time ago. But we yeah we went we went in public. We got yeah. Sundays. We, we were took cute photos. We, we perceived our our corporeal forms. You got yeah. a compliment from a random lady who really I liked your sundress.
0: It was very exciting. It was we very are exciting. Absolutely having a hot ghoul summer. We kept and exclaiming as we took pictures of ourselves. Oh my god, we were so
1: cute, so cute! And then we went to my house and we recorded some bone cone for got our to Patreon. Meet you dog, you got to meet my dog, who's a cute and I watched sausage. her take a huge poop. It was yeah, amazing. Yeah, we watched her take a huge poop. It was amazing. I feel like that day wasn't even real. That's the I spookiest know. thing of all. Looking
0: back, I'm like, was that? a year ago? No, no, it was literally yesterday. yesterday. So that was very exciting and spooky. So
1: the other spooky thing that happened was to it's not even that spooky. Today I went back to that cicada place and got another Sunday. So after we went to Farmer's Market, we went to Toby's, and then we went to lunch at this new taco place that opened up in Annandale in the shopping center where we used to live. I drove down that road for the first time since pretty much living there Mm -hmm. and i saw the most shocking thing at the little diner that was next to our neighborhood the french oast sign is gone (gasps) and it is now a digital sign it is no longer one of those things where they put the letters up. So the oh French Oast is gone. It's
0: gone. I'm processing this. I was going to make a joke when you were like, I saw the most shocking thing I've ever seen. I was going to say, did you see a man holding a ball hot tub to his <laughs> testicles? But
1: no, then you just took the wind out of no. my sails. <laughs> no, the French Oast sign my is God, gone. They French replaced it Oast. with... Like the, so the diner is still open. It still exists. Yeah, it's there are cars no, in the parking lot. They just have no, a digital sign now.
0: Does the digital sign say French Roast or French no, Toast? It, it, it was
1: like circulating like, through different. Come on in to the. Yeah, come I think on it's in. Like the Barnside Diner. Diner and, called. you know, come on in. And, you know, I think there was like the date and time. But I was driving past it. I was like, oh my God. And I was the like, trying to text are you. Changing. And Jack was like, you're driving. And I was like, this is a really <laughs> like, big this thing. Is <laughs> this for. is worth dying for. This is worth dying for. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to save that. I'm gonna, that's going to be my that's spooky thing. That's an extremely thing that, spooky that, thing. Like,
0: for for context, this diner is next to the apartment complex where we lived for three years. Mm-hmm. And every day of those three years, every day, the subsequent, you know, three years it's been since we moved out of that complex, the sign out front says French Oast, open, you know, and mm-hmm. they're ours. So it has said French Oast for at least six years, probably longer, and now it's gone.
1: Yeah. And so because it's been so long since I've been over there, Like I've gone to the shopping center that had like the Arby's and everything, and 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 there are a couple of times because there's the that Chipotle will do like our fundraisers for our school, but I always just take three ninety five to get there from Springfield. I never drive down past the turnpike, right? And so, yeah, today was the first time in probably two or three years that yeah, that's I saw it, and I was I was in shock. I was like. Actually a little bit distraught. I was like, That's insane. Where am I?
0: Like, what is this? I mean, if there's ever a like loss of innocence childhood story more it's the la- than this. The this death of French Oast. R.I.P. French
1: Oast. Pour one out for French Oast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I used to always like to joke, is it French toast? Is it French roast? We don't know. We don't know. Anything.
1: Is it French post? <laughs> 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 Who Is knows? The French most spelled wrong for some reason. Ah, uh, yes, the most, the ah, mostest, the, most. the toastest with the most. mostest.
0: <laughs> Welcome. We got your French most right in here. Take a seat. I don't know what
1: voice I I'm don't know doing, what voice I'm doing either. But that's did, fine. Did anything spooky happen to you?
0: <laughs> yeah. So I was over here hanging out. I'm not going <laughs> no, to I do this I can't. Voice. <laughs> so I've been doing a lot of laundry this weekend and. When I did my laundry, I have laundry rack. And so I opened the closet door in the guest room where I'm recording. And I had the thought as I took the laundry racks out, I was like, oh, I'll just leave this door open because eventually these are going to need to go in there. So I'll just help future Courtney be lazy. And then I turned off the light and I went downstairs and I forgot that I did that. So when I came up to go to bed, and before I go to bed, I always poke my head in here because this is where Zelda's food and one of the water bowls lives. Uh I always like to poke it and be like, do you need more food? Do you need more water before I go to bed? And walking up the stairs, which were dark, into this dark office lit only by a nightlight air freshener, I see... Over the door, what looks like a fucking tall person just standing there. And my first thought was, oh, God, it's the person who lives in the attic. And then I remember this isn't the closet that has the opening into the attic. (laughs) But I turn the light on. It's because we have a thing that hangs over the door that hangs up the iron and the ironing board. So the Uh, iron is roughly, like, human head shape, and the ironing board is kind of the size of, like, a human torso. So in the dark, (laughs) my brain was like, so I basically, I made myself pee my
1: pants for no reason. For no (laughs) reason. that's the spooky thing that happened to me. Hold on, I just remember one, it's not spooky, but it's, like, a weird thing. Yuna today got out of her harness while she was at my parents' house. And then just sat down, like, in the yard. She just went... Shoop. She was like, she, like
0: I just want her. you to know I can do this. Yeah. I don't and we want to do like, anything with the freedom.
1: I just want you to be You're a little Houdini. <laughs> so, yeah, that was... Th- sorry, I just remembered that, too. So, my dog we're is like
0: Houdini.
1: a dina You U-Dina, who poops in the backyard <laughs> while we're recording podcasts and, and genuinely, escapes it's a lot from of her... Harness, so that yeah, was weird. She's just, so, if anyone mm-hmm. has like recommendations though for a harness that a tiny dog can't like stick her arms in, anyway, what are we talking about today? What is the deal with the weather? What We're is the deal with the weather? Spooky
0: weather, weather
1: folklore.
0: We're having weather here. We're having weather.
1: I, I, weather is happening.
0: I don't know where you're listening to this from, but I would bet that you are also having weather.
1: Yeah, because weather is always happening. Yeah. So, Teratu Ubozu, actually, all of my things are going to be tangentially, re- actually, very related to Japan. Not even tangentially, just, just sure. all, all related to Japan. Okay. My sources are Wikipedia, Sora News 24, Japantalk.com, and just like my travels in general. Yes, things you know. Things I know. So if you're at all familiar with Japanese, you know, culture, pop culture, especially like slice of life anime or manga, you may have seen a cute little ghostie paired with like umbrellas, hydrangeas and snails and whatnot during the rainy season, which is in Japan, it's like June. And this tiny ghost is the Teruteru Bozu or Shine Shine Monk, a small handmade doll made from white paper or cloth that is often hung outside of windows by string. Typically, they're white, though some people make them out of cute, colorful handkerchiefs and they usually also will have some kind of cute face these ghostly talismans are supposed to have magical powers that will bring good weather and stop or prevent a rainy day in the sukinami ward of tokyo there's actually a shrine that is dedicated to the weather called the kisho shrine and at this shrine every june they have a festival to celebrate weather and also observe the anniversary of the first meteorological Meteorological observation stations founding in Tokyo's Akasaka district, which was founded June 1st, 1875. Wow. So, meteorology, very old. Yeah. (laughs) So, at this particular shrine, you can get like really cute, they, they have them on their website. You can see like what you can buy, but they have cute little omamori or good luck charms for good weather. It's like a little white tag that has like a cute sunshine on it. And you can also buy teru, teru bozu omamori as well that you can customize yourself, and then teru, teru bozu omikuchi for good fortune that you'll buy, customize with your little face, and then hang up at the shrine for good weather. So people, so if you've ever seen like any other Japanese shrines, you'll see people like hang things up or like there's little wood plaques and stuff like that. Here they use actual like teru, teru bozu. At the Tanashi Shrine, also in Tokyo, they have. Teru, teru omikuji only during the rainy season but they have this really cool tunnel where you s- put up your omikuji seasonally and so right now it's all like rainbow colored tedu bozu and you can walk through it so if you go on instagram and look for just like search for the tag tanashi shrine or the location you can see everyone's little like cute teru, teru bozu that they're hanging up and so that's like very popular Aww. with guests that's so adorable. what is teru, teru bozu beyond just like this little ghosty so let's look at the etymology first. Teru is a verb that describes sunshine, and Bozu is a Buddhist monk, or in modern slang, bald-headed, or a term <laughs> of endearment when addressing little boys. So sometimes you'll hear people call a little boy like a little Bozu. So that's where it comes from, shine-shine monk, or sunshine monk. Teru- Terubozu became popular during the Edo period with urban dwellers, but before that it had been popular with farmers and countryside denizens. And basically, children would make them the day before good weather was desired, or farmers would make them as well and pray to the teruterubozu for good weather. Traditionally, if the weather does turn out well, the teruterubozu have eyes drawn on afterwards. Now people just decorate them, you know, put them on. But then a person would pour sake on them and then send them down a river to be washed away. So they were like, okay, here's some sake. Like, you're on your merry way. Yeah. And these days it's a little simpler than that. Like, because they're made out of tissue or cotton, they'll be put away to be reused later or just, like, disposed of. But... There's a song so making tedu tedu bozu is really popular with kids these days because I mean it's just so easy and it's They're kind of so a cute, cute little cute little thing, right? There's a song that has been popular with kids for the last hundred years. It came out in 20, 1921 And the lyrics translated in English go Tedu Tedu Bozu, Tedu Bozu, do make tomorrow a sunshine day like the sky in a dream sometime. If it's sunny, I'll give you a golden bell teru teru bozu teru bozu make tomorrow a sunny day if you make my wish come true we'll drink lots of sake teru teru bozu teru bozu do make tomorrow a sunny day but if the clouds are crying then i shall snip your head off oh my god <laughs> yeah so i didn't expect that to come out <laughs> right so so the origins of the bozu like talisman actually kind of remain a little bit vague and Mm -hmm. they're saying that maybe these dark lyrics towards the end of that song are referring to a good weather monk who was able to bring fine weather with an incantation but after promising good weather to a feudal lord if the sunshine didn't uh, appear as promised then the monk's head was chopped off as punishment and then wrapped in cloth and hung outside to stop out stop the rain and bring out the sun but a less horrifying theory (laughs) you you know i've played some, and watched some dark samurai things. I was gonna say, like, you know, we all know how feudal lords can we get. We know how feudal lords can get, not just in Japan, in all just cultures. Any, feudal any lords feudal tend lord. to be uh,
0: Remember a Remember the thing we said about landlords earlier? Their early incarnations were feudal
1: lords, yeah. so... A, a landlord wouldn't think twice about cutting your head off, and... Uh, no. Yeah, so... yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, a less horrifying theory says that The talisman is just a yokai spirit from the mountains called uh, Hyoribo, which brings fine weather and can't be seen on rainy days. According to the Japan Weather Association, which runs Tenki.jp, the tradition of Teruturu Bozu spread to Japan from China during the Heian period or 794 to 1185 and can be traced back to a custom that suggests the person charged with invoking good weather was not a monk, but a broom carrying girl. As the story goes, during a time of heavy and continuous rainfall, a voice from the heavens warned the people that their city would be submerged if a certain beautiful girl young girl did not appear outside to save people from the deluge the girl was essentially sacrificed sent outside with a broom to symbolically head to the heavens where she would sweep rain clouds from the sky in order to remember the brave girl who brought clear skies young ladies would recreate her figure in paper cutouts a skill which the broom carrying girl once excelled these figures were then hung outside to bring sunshine in times of rain Known as the Sochi-nyan, or so in Japanese, which literally means sweeping fine-weather girl, the paper doll concept gradually took on a different face in Japan, eventually maybe becoming the Teru, teru bozu we see today. This theory, which has the support of folk historians, sheds lights on the, the origin of this talisman. So, it was actually probably this sweeping girl from China. Okay. If you want bad weather... So, when would we want bad weather, Sasha? The weather's too good. I want it to rain tomorrow so that this thing gets canceled. Or I want it to snow tomorrow (laughs) so this school gets canceled. So, if you want bad weather, you make your teretoto bozu, but instead of hanging it upright, you hang it upside down. Courtney and I did this once in high school where... Yeah, it was, like, after school, and we were staying after for, like, our trivia group. Yeah. And... We really wanted it to snow, so school would be canceled.
0: There was a snow day in the forecast. I think the next day was a Friday, so it would have been a three-day day weekend. weekend. Yeah, we were basically and doing we everything had, to,
1: like, ensure this. Because I'm pretty sure yeah. I also went home and did the whole, like, pajamas inside out and backwards and yeah. flushing ice cubes down the toilet. I was like, I Same. want snow. so I was in it.
0: And co- we <laughs> had just covered in that Japan Bowl session mm-hmm. teru teru bozu. So it was at the forefront of our minds. And so mm-hmm. we were like, oh, let's make one.
1: And then what did we do to it, Sasha? We made one, and it was really cute, and then we hung it upside down on the whiteboard with a magnet, and we beat it with <laughs> erasers. But yeah, we beat the shit out of it. Actually, it wasn't a whiteboard, it was a chalkboard. It was a chalkboard, um, yeah, because we, we were using the chalkboard, chalk erasers. I remember
0: the clouds of dust coming out. D- mm-hmm. And our sweet teacher was just watching us and was genuinely, I think, horrified. She was just like, but but why? (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's like, it's one thing to hang it upside down, it's another thing where we're like, beating it, we're like, it's gonna snow.
0: (laughs) We were like, we want it to snow, and it did. And it did. So like, It worked. Sorry, Abram Sensei, but like it worked. So you can't argue with results.
1: So (laughs) the last time I actually made a Tedutinu Bozu was actually the fall before COVID. Our Okinawan Society of Washington had a picnic and we were in like a really big picnic pavilion, but then it started raining during it. So some of the like other adults, but also like the little kids, but mostly the adults, we made Tedutinu Bozu and like hung them up on the edge of the picnic pavilion, hoping that it would stop raining. But by that point it was like already too late. Like everything was like really wet and soaky and all of us were like drenched. But
0: I but should make cute. one for our patio. They're yeah. so cute. And they're such an easy crap. We'll post pictures on the inside. Yeah, so
1: I think I have photos still on my phone of yeah. when we made the Tedot Boza for Okinawan Society. Cute. But yeah. It's, it's
0: a fun, too. easy craft. If you have kids at home or if you're a kid at heart. Yeah.
1: Or you recommend. know, like you're looking at your vacation forecast and you're like, oh, I really want to go to the pool or I'm going to the beach yeah. and uh, you know, you just, you know, pray for good Pretty weather, cool. make a little tentu de bozo and bring it with you and hang it up outside. Yeah. If it works,
0: he gets booze. If it fails, bye-bye head. Like snip. Just really spell out the rules.
1: Yeah. And so that's t to de bozo.
0: Yay! Yay! Alright, do you want me to tell you about thunderstorms? Please! Okay, so all of this comes from AccuWeather, how Stuff HowStuffWorks, Reader's Digest, Irish Times, TheCultureTrip.com, SciJinks.gov,
1: that one I really like the name of, because it's like hijinks, but mm-hmm. sci because it's what, science. That, that's, those people know how to do a good pun.
0: Yeah, those people get it. it. OneidaIndianNation.com, navajocodetalkers.org, wikipedia, thewhitegoddess.co.uk, kids.kittle.co and blogthreadlist.com.
1: What a list.
0: <laughs> some are .gov and then some are kids.kittle.co. So, <laughs> you know, I had a real I had a real type of it. So, we've talked before about how cold spots can kind of like act as an indicator of a ghostly presence. Mm-hmm. Did you know that there are ghost hunters who believe that thunderstorms also indicate the presence
1: of spirits? That's awesome. I love that.
0: So, according to Mark Keyes, who is the director of the Pennsylvania Paranormal Association, people whose houses are haunted report an increase in paranormal activity during thunderstorms. And there's also an increase in just, like, lay people seeing ghosts when there's storms abounding.
1: That makes sense when like, you have hor- scary stories, it's like on a dark and stormy night. Yeah, so the theory
0: behind it is, and it's kind of similar to why we get the cold spots, the idea is that ghosts, spirits, whatever, need to pull energy in order to manifest physically so it makes oh. things feel cold or it can impact the weather. So, Keyes explains that if this is the case, ghosts will pull energy from electrical circuits, batteries, or lightning storms they'll just see oh there's a bunch of electricity here i'll just suck some of it up and then i can appear according to ppa's resident psychic medium after a thunderstorm is peak ghost catching weather particularly if there's a corresponding moon cycle because obviously as the energy diminishes the ghost isn't as powerful so if you're gonna catch it
1: right Mm -hmm.
0: so while we are on the topic of storms that was just a real quick that's a fun fact about storms. Let's talk about thunderstorm folklore and lightning superstitions. Obviously, throughout the course of human history, we've had storms. So you see a bunch of thunder gods popping up and mm-hmm. lightning gods. You have Zeus. You have Thor. Like, all of the big ones from basically any culture mm-hmm. are going to have something to do with storms. Yeah, stay tuned for Raijin. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> and it isn't just deities. Like, mm-hmm. so it's not just every belief system has essentially a thunder god santa's reindeer two of them have names that are derived from the german words for thunder and lightning it's donner and blitzen means thunder and lightning true
1: (laughs) that didn't dawn on me no it didn't didn't dawn on me
0: hey Hey. (laughs) (laughs) in kenya the god of thunder is called Mkunga Mburu. And he travels across the sky on a huge black bull, which is why you get the dark clouds. And he has a spear in each hand to throw at the clouds that he sees to pop them. And that's what causes the thunder clap. The thunder Because he's, you know, popping clouds and then just just get big rumbles. Yeah, yeah. In Nigeria, Yoruba lore says that lightning is the result of a storm spirit who uses powerful magic to shoot fiery bolts of light from his mouth when he is angry at people for wrongdoing which is a fucking baller power.
1: That's pretty petal.
0: <laughs> like ah like lightning Move over lightning, Thor, lightning. that was much yeah, cooler. Like, Thor's like oh, I Thor Thor wishes her. he could. Thor wishes he could barf up lightning. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> In the Caribbean, a hurricane was considered either an evil spirit or a, the god of all evil, sending intense winds and storms to punish people. So you see this coming a lot where, you know, oh, storms are mm-hmm. the result of somebody doing something to piss things off. Even with, like, Thor and Zeus, a lot of the times, if somebody happened to get hit by lightning or if their shit got hit by lightning, it was like, oh, you pissed off Thor. Yep. I don't know what you did, but he's mad at you. So it was like, oh, better them than me. Yeah. If you're afraid of lightning, there are a few folkloric remedies to prevent lightning from striking near you, including keeping mistletoe or holly in your house, placing an acorn in your window, or covering up mirrors during thunderstorms. I don't know why people covered up their mirrors during thunderstorms, but this was mostly in, like, medieval Europe, and it was pretty widespread.
1: I like the acorn theory. That's actually very cute. I'm just going to put an acorn on my window. Yeah. Yeah.
0: In medieval Europe, evil spirits were credited with the creation of thunderstorms, so when storms were pending, people would ring church church bells to kind mm-hmm. of chase off the thunder. So the idea was, oh, the evil spirits uh, can't get to us because we're making a lot of noise. Yeah. yeah. On an individual level, medieval folks would hide scissors, lie down on feather beds, cover mirrors, and avoid wet dogs and horses, because these were all things wet that they thought dogs and brought horses. lightning to them. I don't know why the wet dogs and horses. I don't know why scissors. I don't, I, I. get laying down on a feather bed, because, you know, if you're scared, what better than to just, like, lay down and peace out for a little bit? You've also got a rhyme with folklore roots. Red sky at morning, sailor take warning; yeah. red sky at night, sailor's delight. This is something that I genuinely use to this day about yeah. weather whenever and I see it's a red accurate. sky. It is. That's what I'm about to say. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, Sorry. no. It's I okay. stole your thunder. Ah! <laughs> 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 I would have been
0: smart to look up the origins of stealing someone's thunder. But guess what I didn't do? So you
1: talk I'll Google.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So this folklore rhyme tells the truth as Sasha just told us because a red sky appearing at sunrise is the result of sunlight scattering through small particles suspended in dusty air, which per the Library of Congress means that calm high pressure air has already passed through and that stormy low pressure systems are possible following behind. And part of the popularity of the saying is that this pressure thing is true in the middle latitudes. Mm -hmm. So basically, like, I saw the rundown of all the lists of places, and it's Mm -hmm. like, North America, parts of South America, parts of Australia, like, basically everything in the middle of the globe, Mm -hmm. that's where this pressure thing is true. And if you're outside of those middle latitudes, the opposite is going to be true. So if you see a red sky at night, it means you're going to get a storm. That's
1: bananas. I looked up... The Steal origin of Stealing yes. One's Thunder. And this is according to the page Stealing Thunder on Wikipedia. <laughs> okay. So we know that Stealing Thunder is to take someone else's idea, using it for one's own advantage or to preempt the other party. Yes. The idiom comes from the peevish dramatist John Dennis early in the 18th century after he had conceived a novel idea for a thunder machine for his unsuccessful 1709 play appius and virginia and later found it used at a performance of macbeth (gasps) there is an account of it in the lives of the poets of great britain and ireland by robert shields and theophilus cibber or kibber i'm not sure how to pronounce that mr dennis happened once to go to the play when a tragedy was acted in which the machinery of thunder was introduced, a new artificial method of producing which he had formally communicated to his managers. Incensed by this circumstance, he cried out in a transport of resentment, That is my thunder! By (laughs) gods, the villains will play my thunder, but not my plays. (laughs) So that's where stealing someone's thunder came from. Man, I thought for sure it was going to be like,
0: According to Hawaiian folklore, Maui once stole thunder nope, from the gut. But no, but it's British just some British people. Some grumpy British playwright. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of fun folklore stories from back in the day, the Oneida Nation has a story that's kind of similar. I put it in my notes, a little bit similar to a Japanese story that Sasha may be talking about, but I didn't ask her. Oh. This one is called The Legend of Thunder Boy. So this reminded me of, I don't know if you're doing the Raitaro, but it's basically no, like... I'm not. S- same kind okay. of thing where it's like, you know, Child of Thunder. So we'll oh, cool. get cool. into it. Once upon a time, a Haudenosaunee man, his wife and their daughter, lived and worked on a farm. One day as they worked in the fields, the sky grew dark as clouds covered the sun. The father yelled to his wife and daughter to get inside the shelter before the storm hit, so the three dropped their tools and raced towards the house. But before they were even halfway there, the storm began, and in the resulting downpour, they lost sight of each other. The father made it home, then the mother, and the two eagerly awaited for the lightning to flash so they could see their daughter. When the storm cleared... There was still no sign of her, so the two hoped she had found shelter elsewhere in the deluge and waited for her to return. After a few hours, the two went out to look for the young woman, calling her name and scouring the fields, but there was no sign of her. Uh They were left with only one conclusion the Thunder People had taken their daughter. Oh no! They were right! (laughs) <laughs> While the father, When the father made the call to return the homestead, the young woman had dropped her hoe and started to run, but before she could get anywhere, she was suddenly surrounded by a very thick mist. She found herself lightheaded and dizzy, and in that moment, she felt like she was being lifted into the sky. When her head finally cleared, she was in a strange land with a small man staring at her. The man took her by the hand and led her to a house where dozens of other little men were waiting. All of them were staring at her, and one, sitting at the head of the table, was angry. Why would you bring an earth person to our country, son? The angry one asked the one next to the girl. I saw her working in the field and fell in love with her. I wanted her to be mine, so I brought her here. Typical. Typical. The chief, still angry, pointed out that the girl doesn't eat snails and worms, as the Thunder People do, but begrudgingly told his son that she could stay in the land of the Thunder People as long as he fed her and took care of her, which is basically like the, "can't it followed me home, can I keep it, argument, (laughs) when kids find puppies the son agreed and clearly the i put in my notes clearly the young woman was pretty chill about her situation because the two were soon married Now, huh. so if it's me and some rando just like scoops me up and takes me to his land and is like i fell in love with her when i was watching her toil in the field so now she's here i'd be like x fucking excuse me i want to go home i don't I, know you yeah but she was like this seems fine maybe this she's okay. just really hated working on a farm <laughs> For a year, the human woman lived in the land of the Thunder People, and her husband doted on her, keeping her very happy despite how much she missed her parents. Then one day, the chief of the Thunder People came to the young woman, telling her that she would soon give birth to a son, and that as a result, she must return to her home on Earth because he could not be born amongst the Thunder People. Hmm. I don't know why the chief knew before her husband did or before she did, but sure. he did, so that's fine. The Thunder People. I will say, I do like the idea that the Thunder People are little. Yeah. They're small. They're not, like, oh. big, looming. No. Like, I feel like we get a lot of that in lore. Yeah. But this is just like, you it's know, like, we how, stand a short king. How
1: how do you make so much noise? You're so small. I mean, it's like small dog syndrome, where the
0: small dog's like, uh, I'll fuck you up, man. And like, the big dog's know. like, hello. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Before the woman wet left, the chief gave her a warning. After the boy is born, you must guard him and make sure never to strike him. If he is struck, you will lose him forever. The young woman agreed and once again found herself surrounded by thick mist. When it cleared, she was in front of her parents' home. They were elated to see her again, but very surprised when she recounted where she had been for a year and also told them, hey, I'm pregnant and I'm about to have a son. When the boy was born, he was smaller than usual human children, and he had a tendency to act a little odd. This was especially notable when there was a storm happening, because the little boy would run outside, laugh, and play, even as lightning struck near him. Hmm. Often, this made the thunder get louder and more lightning flash across the sky when the little boy was outside. Mostly people were cool with his idiosyncrasies, but the boy's grandmother did not care for this shit. Mm -mm. Every time the little boy tried to play in storms, she'd try to lock him in the house. Although he always got out, much like Yuna. This is just a story this about is, your you know, dog, yeah. but if, you, if your dog were a little boy. <laughs> One day, as the boy was trying to get outside to get to the storm, his grandmother scolded him and told him he could never go outside when there was a storm again the little boy flew into a rage and ran through the house, breaking everything he came across. Oh, no. The grandmother told him to calm down, but he only became angrier, and soon it seemed like the sounds of thunder were rumbling from the boy himself. (sighs) Eventually, desperate to stop the tantrum, the grandmother grabbed a stick and struck the boy across (gasps) the leg. Oh, no. There was a blinding flash of lightning, then an immediate crash of thunder, and the room was filled with mist. The grandmother cowered in a corner, waiting for the mist to clear, only to find that when it did... The boy was gone, too. When the boy's mother returned and found her son missing, she knew what happened. The boy had been struck, and his father had returned him to the land of the Thunder People, never to be seen again.
1: The boy oh, lived geez. for the
0: rest of his existence with the Thunder People, but he seemingly always kept a soft spot for his mother and her people, which is why to this day, the Haudenosaunee are unbothered by storms and throw tobacco on the fire during them to please the Thunder People. Wow. Yeah. So Aww. that's that's an
1: old-timey myth. I've got a little bit more about Thunder, thunder People as well. Yeah. So we're, I'm going to talk are about- Are they small? No, these are actually pretty large. And there's only two of them. Here's Fujin and Raijin, or Japan's fearsome gods of weather. So, like I said before, Japan has a pretty pretty notable rainy season. It's in June usually, but they also have yeah. a really bad typhoon season, and that usually Ooh, ranges. Yeah. I mean, thanks to climate change, it like starts in May now. But it, it yeah. it's like it's kind of like the East Coast hurricane season. It's it's long and tedious mm-hmm. and has storms that have wiped out entire communities and caused terrible damage, like historically every year. But it's also you know, a country of lots of interesting gods and deities that are very rooted in nature. And so Raijin and Fujin are two of these who are kind of scary, and they're definitely troublemakers in Japanese lore, but they still play an important role and are widely appreciated and respected. So I'm not going to go too deep into it, but a little bit about these two gods. They are actually pretty notable and visible across the country, as the guards at the gates of Japanese shrines and temples. So if you've ever been to Japan and had to walk between two large, intimidating-looking statues of gods upon entering, those were most likely Raijin and Fujin. Um, For example, Kaminarimon leading up to Sensoji Temple in Asakusa, which is literally kaminari means Thunder Gate, holds four statues in the alcoves on either sides of the entry walkway. The two in the front that you'll walk past first are Fujin and Raijin. Fujin is the god of wind and is on the east of the gate, and Raijin is the god of thunder and he's on the west. And then the two on the backside are Kinryuzo, the dra- golden dragon goddess, and Tenduzo, the heavenly dragon god, who are gods, dragon gods of water. Um, Sensoji is also very close to the Sumida River so there's like a lot of water imagery at this, sh- at this big shrine at this particular shrine Raijin and Fujin's original sculptures were severely damaged in the fire of 1865 but the heads survived and they were saved mm. until the gate was recon- reconstructed nearly 100 years later in 1960 and the statues were restored so if you go nice. to Kaminarimon at Sensoji and Asakusa anytime after covid you'll see that those are the original heads and the bodies were reconstructed so raijin is the god of thunder lightning and storms and he's usually depicted as holding hammers and surrounded by drums and so there are some very famous paintings of them too you can find this in animal crossing it's the gold (laughs) it's the the gold kind of screen painting and it has raijin and fujin on either corners and raijin will have his hammers and then he also has like these drums around him he has three fingers on each hand, representing past, present, and future, nice. and this is the god who, if you've ever heard the superstition about covering your belly button during a thunderstorm, yes, this is the guy.
0: <laughs> I told my niece about that, mm-hmm. because you had told me about it, and then I was hanging out with my niece, and there was a thunderstorm, and this was back when she was my only niece. I now have four. Wow. I know. Prolific. I'm, just, I'm accumulating an army your of nieces. nieces and one nephew. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, she was she was a little scared and she was nervous about the thunderstorm and she was like, "I'm scared, I'm scared." And I was like, "Take your hand, put it over your belly button. Now the lightning can't get you." And then she was happy and it worked. Yeah. So great.
1: So this is, Raijin will eat your belly. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, uh, I did not tell her that. No, part. I so just it's told good that her you she did does that because I'm like, okay, I'm glad that you like simplified it to like. You'll be protected from the lightning because yeah, Raijin, would be very upset. <laughs> Raijin will come down and eat your belly if you don't cover your belly button during a thunderstorm, which is also a thing I still do as a 30 year old. Whenever I it's like true. watch a storm, I'll like cover my belly and look out the window. If I have to like run outside, I'll like put both hands on my belly and run. <laughs> and then also, just like Bozu, there is a connection to farming and the countryside for Raijin. Sure. Farmers once believed that lightning was responsible for fertilizing rice plants, so they would pray to Raijin for. Rain and lightning, hoping that if their rice field was hit, they would have a bountiful harvest. Oh. And then Fujin is the god of wind, and will usually be depicted as holding a bag of winds. (laughs) He also has a usually like messy appearance with wild hair because wind. wind. Like if you've ever stood inside a windstorm, you know.
0: Yeah. Typically, I've been outside. I know what's
1: up. Yeah, (laughs) we've been outside. So he typically has four fingers on each hand, one for each direction. Despite the fact that Fujin and Raijin Have caused great damage and loss of life With their storms They do try to protect Japan as well And sort of one of the most notable Is that there was two windstorms that stopped Mongol fleets who were trying to invade Japan in 1274 and 1281. And those storms were said to have been caused by Fujin blowing them away. And so this was known as the Kamikaze, or Divine Wind, because Kami is God and Wind is Kaze. So that's where the term Kamikaze from comes from, is yeah. from Fujin. So that's Raijin nice. and Fujin, just a very quick primer.
0: I love it. All right, well, are you ready to hear about what comes after the storm? Yes! Also, happy pride. Happy pride. We're talking (laughs) about rainbows. You are about to learn. If you're like, oh, Corny, I don't like rainbows. I'm more of like a, like, grays and blacks kind of neutral aesthetic person. I
1: like gray and, or I like black and very, very, very dark gray. You're about
0: to learn that rainbows are actually a little bit metal AF in most of the world. Hell yeah! I was not emotionally prepared for what I learned yes, today. So, I'm excited. In Norse mythology, rainbows are how you get to Valhalla, so every time you see a rainbow, it means somebody's on the way to heaven. Celtic legend tells us, and, oh, fuck. I didn't write it down. There's somewhere else that also says that when you see a rainbow, it's somebody going up to heaven. I don't remember. actually what the very, very comforting. Oh, yeah, it's super nice. Celtic legend tells us that the rainbow is actually a giant snake with flaming eyes that drinks from pools of water at both ends where it touches the earth. Oh, fuck yeah. (laughs) The serpent can also crawl into these pools, wait for unsuspecting people to wander too close, and then it eats them. And historically, this was also shared by the Zulu people, which I love. I love that it made it to the Zulu and the Celts. They're both like, it's a fucking snake and it's gonna eat us.
1: So don't try to find the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow because no, it's because actually it's a snake. No, because it's a snake and it's gonna fuck you <laughs> it's up. It's gonna fuck you up.
0: Then you have crossover lore. Celtic folklore talking about Viking presence. Ooh, Because back in the day, Vikings would loot and pillage in the Irish countryside and they would bury their treasures wherever they found them. Mm-hmm. When they... Accidentally left their booty behind upon their retreat. Booty. The leprechauns found the Viking gold. Oh. They knew these treasures were stolen through violence, so it made them distrustful of all humans. And since the treasure was left behind, the leprechauns were like, finders keepers, it's mine now, bitch. Ah. They reburied what, depending on the version you hear, is either gold, silver, or pearls. So they put it in a pot, reburied it deep, deep, deep underground all around Ireland, but whenever a rainbow appears, it ends up giving away where the treasure is kept.
1: Me lucky charms! Ah, they're after lucky charms! I'm wow. so sorry, Island. That's so right? cool! No, I didn't know that that was, like, the whole thing. I was like, yeah. oh, I just assumed it was
0: like, oh, leprechauns have gold, and then they hide no, it. No, they
1: stole it from the Vikings.
0: Yeah, they stole it from the Vikings, who stole it from other people, because they were like, that's unethical, but also, it's already unethical, so we'll keep it to right to
1: And they're not profiting from it, they're just hiding it. No.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So. Fascinating. Maori tradition brings us a rainbow god of war called Uenuku or Kahukura. I'm going to go ahead and apologize for the pronunciations. I desperately tried to find a Maori pronunciation guide and I could not find one. So I'm very sorry in advance. I am doing my best. Anyway. So in some stories, the rainbow god of war, Uenuku, started out as a human. So he was not born a god. One very early morning... He was out hunting when he found two women in a clearing, hine Wai and Hine-Pukohu-Rangi. The beautiful maiden seemed to appear out of the very mist hovering in the clearing. Uenuku, struck by Hine-Pukohu-Rangi's beauty, approached her and struck up a conversation. But when the sun started to rise, Hine-Pukohu-Rangi had to return to the sky with her sister. Uenuku begged her to return to the clearing the next night, which she did. And then the next night... And the next night, and the night after that. Eventually, the two fell in love oh. and decided to be married, but Hinepuko rangi had one condition Uenuku could not tell anyone about her.
1: Ooh.
0: This is something that comes up in folklore a lot. We see a lot of women who are like, I will marry you, but this is my one rule, okay? Right. Respect, Respect my one my rule. Respect my one
1: rule. That sounds like uh, the Tsuruno Ngaishi. Yeah, Yep. that's who I was thinking about when I was reading this. It's like, why, why are men? Men can't respect your one you thing. That's, that's what I've learned from all these folklore. Yeah, just that men do
0: not respect the one rule. The one rule. After they were wed, the two were very happy for many months despite only being able to be together from dusk to dawn. Eventually, Hine Rangi became pregnant and had a baby girl.
1: Oh. Wow,
0: what a nice story. I'm so happy that Uenuku is respecting her boundaries.
1: Yeah, okay, the end.
0: The end. Just kidding. Like Damn any it. excited dad, Uenuku started telling people that his wife had a baby. He's like, you guys, I'm married. She's had a kid. It's amazing. We're so excited. But nobody else had ever seen the mystery wife, Mm. let alone the mystery child. So people started to mock him, being like, up, here comes Uenuku with his fake wife and kid. Where's your wife? Does she even exist? Oh, does she live in Canada? I'm sure she just goes to a different school, so we don't
1: know her. (laughs) Sure, Jan.
0: (laughs) Sure, Jan. So Uenuku did not love this. He kept swearing up and down, I promise you, my wife exists. She just has to leave each morning at first light. She goes to a different school.
1: Don't worry about
0: it. it. We talk on the internet all the time. She's a model in Canada. That's why your picture in, her picture is in your wallet sometimes. It's not a big <laughs> deal. One of Uenuku's friends eventually was like, we're going to keep... I'm sorry, bro. We're just going to keep mocking you about this wife because we can't see her. Right. And so Uenuku finally explained the deal. You know, she has to leave at first like because she lives in the sky. So his friend suggested well, why don't you just block the doors and windows, and then Mystery Wife is not going to realize that the Mm. sun's come up, so she's not going to leave, and then we can all see her. And Uenuku was like, I like the way you think. I like the cut of your gym. Let's do this thing. So that very night, he blocked out all the points of entry in the house where daylight could get in, and he Uh, waited for his wife's arrival. Hinepukohu Rangi arrived and spent the night with him, as she usually did. But then, morning never came the sun did not come up and so she was you know hanging out and Uh eventually she realized more time than usual has passed and she realized what her husband had done betrayed Hine Pukohurangi returned to the sky with the baby and vowed never to return as long as Uenuku was alive let this be a lesson to you men when your wife has one rule if you fuck around you will find out yeah Respect the one rule. It's just one rule. Don't take off her ribbon necklace. Don't try and look at her when she's asleep. Don't fucking follow her to the graveyard. Yeah. Just respect her one rule. One rule. It's just one rule. It's just one rule. How hard is it to respect the one rule? It's the only rule, bro. Anyway... Uenuku regretted his choices. He was like, wow, I I really should have respected my wife's one rule. So he spent the rest of his days wandering the world, searching for his lost love and his daughter. Mm. When he was old and frail and bent with age, Ranginui, the god of the sky and the sky father in some tellings, took pity on Uenuku and turned him into a rainbow. So he could join his family in the sky and be reunited with them in death. Aww. Now the rainbow god, Uenuku was believed to send rainbows down to earth as an omen. If an army passed under the rainbow on the way to battle, they would be defeated. Ooh. If the rainbow appeared behind them, though, they would be victorious in battle. Hmm. So that's Uenuku. And then, like I mentioned, rainbows, we tend to be like, oh, it's all sparkles. And it's unicorns. cute and, and I'm rainbows pretty. So happy, so yeah. happy. That is not the case in a lot of the world. In Myanmar, the Karens believe rainbows were dangerous painted demons that devoured children and human souls. Ooh. So when you see a rainbow, it's because the demon had caused someone's sudden violent death and then became thirsty. Yikes. And In becoming thirsty, they, it makes them visible to the human eye, so they look like a rainbow. But that's really just them coming to Earth to drink water. So kind of like the Celtic and Zulu snake drinking water. Like, the only reason rainbows show up is because it's like, I'm thirsty, let's go. Yeah. Then you have the Navajo, who believed that you should never point your finger at a rainbow because the rainbow will fucking cut it off. Yikes! (laughs) Just, no more finger for you. Thai culture teaches something similar, which is that if you point at a rainbow, your finger will just fall off on its own. So the rainbow doesn't have to do anything to it. It's just rude to point at it, so it's just going to fall off on its own. Man, (laughs) In some parts of North Carolina, if a rainbow appears over your house, it means that you will soon experience disaster. Oh, no. Yeah, if if it appears, like, near a particular family member, it means most likely that person's going to die. So I was surprised to learn that there is a lot of shockingly metal shit associated with rainbows. Yeah.
1: So, happy Pride! Happy Pride! (laughs) Threaten any threaten any homophobic people with death by being eaten yeah. by a rainbow. <laughs> you are a
0: powerful, painted demon. You can cause someone's sudden and violent death. And then, you know, drink water because it's important to stay hydrated. Yeah,
1: that's, that's what I got but out of here. Drink water because yeah. it's important to stay hydrated.
0: And then we do have a little bit of time. Do you want me to read you this spooky story that I found? Yeah. So... This is from a spooky anthology called The Walking Trees and Other Scary Stories. It has a less scary cover than scary stories to tell in the dark. But as we all know, you cannot judge a book by its its cover. cover. So I'm going to read you a story called Rain Thing. And the person whose blog I got this from said that this story left me afraid of staying home alone during rainstorms and afraid of the forest creek behind my house for years. Yikes. Ever since she and her family moved to a new house, young Dana has become terrified of the rain, telling her parents that during storms, the rain thing comes out of the woods by the creek, a shadowy, shapeless thing looking for an opportunity to take her with it. Of course, her parents brush this off as an overactive imagination because parents in scary stories are always the worst. Mm -hmm. One day, while the sky is heavy with storm clouds, her mother gets bitten by a snake and her parents both have to drive to the hospital, leaving Dana behind before she can argue otherwise. As she waits alone in her house, she says to herself sadly, who's gonna stay with me on this dark, rainy night? (laughs) A plea that is met by a whispery, I will. No. From the woods. The voice getting closer and closer every time it speaks. When her parents return, Dana has vanished. It's said that anyone who goes to the creek and stares into it long enough can see a shadowy shape in the water with a face that looks just like Dana's.
1: I don't like that.
0: It reminded me of the Sticky Man from that one story you read that ruined my life when we had Dr. Elisa Lucas on the Mm -hmm. podcast. Just, uh, fuck that noise. I don't care for the rain thing. If Mm-mm. your kid sees the rain thing, trust them and also move. Yeah. So, Ooh. yeah. Be mindful of rain. Stay hydrated. You're a ferocious rainbow demon and we're proud of you. Mm-hmm. But, like, watch out for the
1: rain thing. Watch out for the rain
0: thing. <laughs> Yikes. And make good choices about thunder. Seriously. What are your favorite folk tales about the weather? Obviously, there's a ton of weather things that happen that we didn't cover. We didn't touch on tornadoes, which I'm genuinely Mm-mm. very afraid of. We barely touched on hurricanes, like fog. Yeah. What's spookier than
1: fog? You Tell know, us. Jack e-mail, in, email Jack lived in Tornado Alley as a kid. Yeah. No. And I'm like, oh, I no. never want to. No. 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 They've
0: been talking they are too for scary. years. Every couple years, they're like, maybe we should go to Kansas City for a conference. And I'm like, if you do, I am not going, because I am very afraid of tornadoes.
1: Yeah. And, like, that people over there can, like, just casually be like, oh, yeah, we saw a tornado touchdown over yeah, there. And, and I'm it's like, like nope. nope. I was just thinking, we usually have to have one annual tornado drill a year, yeah. and we didn't have any this year. We also didn't have any lockdown drills. We did have fire drills, but we didn't have any lockdown this year. Probably because... No, that's- in a tornado drill, and a lockdown drill, they make us all squish in, and you can't social and, yeah. distance during one of those drills. No. I We had one tornado touchdown in Burke my senior year of high school, and it was after school when I was having my senior art show, and my mom had come to the school to support me, and we were going to go pick up my brother afterwards, and... Basically, all the schools were put on lockdown and the power went out at our school. And we just all grabbed the food from the reception, took it downstairs, sat by the lockers. And there's like a photo of me and my mom and Duffy, like sitting together with like snacks. And my mom was definitely like, Of all the times that I came here to do something (laughs) at your school and there had to be a tornado. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So So, if we have any tornado alley listeners, you want to just like. You're so fucking metal. Assuage our You're fears or talk rainbow. about how normal it is for you. Just yeah. maybe you like, send oh, us an I'm email to spookar at gmail.com and make Courtney feel better about this.
0: <laughs> or make me feel worse. I'm never gonna live in a place that consistently gets tornadoes, so you can make me more scared of them. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. There was I will tell this story very quickly because <laughs> I know where about it. time. I was on a business trip, and it was my first ever business trip. I was pretty fresh out of college. I was working a job that was slowly killing me. Mm -hmm. I was on, like, day four of a business trip where I would ultimately work 170 hours in a two-week time span, which is a lot more hours than you should be working. Mm -hmm. So I'm sleep-deprived. We had just finished up in Atlanta, Georgia, and I was packing up my room, and then everything in the hotel was like, oh, BT-dubs, there's fucking tornadoes. And I was like... Okay, so I went to the airport, and while I was in the airport, they're like, yep, this tornado touched down over here, and you know, it's kind of close to the airport, but not really, so everybody in the airport is like, chill AF, and I'm like, hyperventilating in a fucking airport seat, like, oh my god, we're all gonna die. Then... They finally, like, load us onto the airplane. So I'm like, they'd only do this if it was safe, right? And there's, like, fucking thunderstorms happening and, like, torrential downpour happening. And I, like, very quietly, like, close my window so I can pretend it's not happening. And we sit on the plane for, no joke, a full fucking hour. And I'm like, why did you put us on the plane if we're still not safe? It's so much more dangerous here. So then, you know, that hour passes and finally we get the okay to fly and we're flying to san francisco and the plane starts to take off but the storm was still happening so the plane felt like it was doing side to side figure
1: eights. i hate that song and every so often it
0: would just like drop 10 feet just like right that obviously not 10 feet but it would feel like it would just like suddenly drop yep and the entire time i was like this is how i die this is it i always knew a tornado would take me out and this is what's happening so and guess this is what? how I die. You're here. I didn't. You didn't. Yeah. You're still here. I didn't die. But it's okay. And then I got to San Francisco. I was emotionally like devastated and like a wreck, but we got there. And so all I wanted to do was like go to my hotel room and put my pajamas on and order carbs from across the street from a cheesecake factory. And I opened up my suitcase and I put my pajamas on and they were wet because when they loaded the plane, there was a torrential downpour. So my luggage got wet. So that's my story about the closest I've come to being in a tornado.
1: Tell us your tornado stories or other terrible weather stories. Yeah. Tell us your scary Spoop weather stories. Yeah, no. at gmail.com. We, we got grounded flying to Okinawa in 2014. Mm-hmm. We got to Tokyo and then our flight got canceled because the typhoon was coming straight Oh right! In- between Okinawa yeah. and Tokyo, so they couldn't fly. The next morning, we still flew to Okinawa, and the entire two-hour flight from Tokyo to Okinawa was just two hours of turbulence. <laughs> that I th- oh, that God. was that was one of the days I thought I was going to die. I was like, <laughs> you know, I really like roller coasters, but I like roller coasters nice. because they're on a metal track and I'm strapped in. Yes, I am in a pl- tube in the sky. <laughs> it's the difference between like I don't mind. And it's like, two hunting. hours and not like a <laughs> two-minute roller coaster.
0: So tell us your scary stories. Tell us times you thought you were going to die. Spooky things that have happened to you. How your day's going. You know, do you need a pep talk from your favorite hot ghouls? Email SpoopHour at gmail.com. Contact us, Twitter and Instagram at SpoopHour. We love hearing from you. Thank you for listening to our lovely turbulent weather episode. We hope you learned something. Hope Respect rainbows. The weather
1: is good where you are yeah. this week
0: and yeah yeah Yeah. respect rainbows leave a little bowl of water out for them because if you're thirsty they're thirsty Hello! You're welcome to BSP, the Idiot syncrasy Files. A podcast where two idiots debate strange phenomena. I'm Cody, I'm the Skeptic. And I'm Chris, I'm the Believer. And in this special commercial-sode, we're taking you down memory land and sharing our favorite episodes. What was yours? Um, I liked the Simulacra episode, where Jesus gets burned into toast, and I got to debunk it by burning loaves of bread until we made a rabbit. And yours? Mine, uh, Skinwalkers, because that one scared the... You know what? Out of me. Out of a lot of people. (laughs) You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts by searching BS Pod PHX.
1: Bye.